so how many subscribers do you have right now currently on the YouTube channel? Uh, right now I have 845,000 subscribers. I normally get around million views each month on my channel. Yeah. There's creators who consume that content themselves on a platform and there's those who don't and only create. So I'm definitely one of people who consumes a lot of YouTube content. Like I do everything in my business. So I post things on YouTube and I'm a video editor and I'm a photo editor. And so, so if let's say there's someone who wants to start their channel. Do you think it's too late now to start something? Do you think all the niches or majority of niches are being filled? No. Or you think like it's an endless amount of opportunities? Hello everyone. This is Anna Nistarova and welcome to my podcast. Today my podcast, my guest is Irene Rudnik. Hi, Irene. For people Hi. who cannot see us, she's just waving at me and I'm waving back. <laughs> For people who are watching us and, and can see the video, I just want to have a quick introduction. I just want to tell you that Irene is a photographer and content creator that was able to build a huge following on multiple social media platforms. And she's just a talented artist. And I've known Irene for many years. We actually met pretty much right away after I moved to Canada from Uzbekistan and Irene came from Ukraine and we met in Calgary. So our friendship goes a long way. And today we will be talking about Irene's story. And I am so thrilled having you on my podcast. Thank you so much for coming. And I'm thrilled to share your story with the audience. Thank you. Oh my God. You are so, so sweet. Thank you so much for having me and for such a nice introduction. <laughs> I'm super excited as well. Yeah. I, I think we should jump in right in, in terms of, can you tell me where did you grow up, how you ended up in Canada, and we will walk through your fantastic journey as an artist and how you found your true uh, self in, in, in what you do. So can you tell me how it all started? Mm. Um, so I grew up in Ukraine and I lived there till I was 18. I'm originally from a very small town called Zhovkva and I moved to Canada pretty much because of my parents when Soviet Union broke apart. It was a really hard time for a lot of people. And so my dad at that time decided that he's going to search for better opportunities abroad. And he specifically chose Canada. And so my parents came to Canada uh, before me and my siblings. Um, and then once they were a little bit more established here, uh, when they were able to find a better job and be able to buy a house, they brought me and my siblings to Canada as well. In the very beginning, I was not very happy to move to Canada, probably like a lot of 18 year olds, you know. Um, but as the time went on, I then realized how much of a blessing it was for me and especially for what I'm doing now. And I'm super, super grateful for my parents to that they made such a decision because yeah, living here brought so many opportunities that I don't think I would have had if I stayed back home. When it comes to photography and how it started for me. It started very early on. I remember being around maybe 10 to 12 when I was really getting into taking pictures. It was never anything 
even remotely professional. It was just for fun. And I really enjoyed the, the whole creative process of it. I would take pictures of my sister a lot. And I would just uh, take one of the point and shoot film cameras that we had in our family. And um, I would do it like without my mom knowing, because if you remember, it was actually quite expensive to scan film and then develop it and then print it out. So I would take it. We would do these little photo shoots with my sister. We had so much fun doing them. And I was also really into making videos as well. Uh, I remember my dad sent me a little VHS uh, camera um, from Canada to Ukraine. And I was really obsessed with making just little videos with my family and with the neighbor kids, with just my friends. It was just like a fun little hobby. Um, and then that passion reignited again when I moved to Canada. So I'm 18, I moved to Canada and me and my sister were, we, we were just a little bit bored at the very beginning. We didn't have that many friends. And so we would again do little photo shoots together. So we would just have fun setting things up like backdrops and thinking of what props we can use and dressing up, doing our hair and makeup and taking pictures of each other. Um, and honestly, this is how it all started. Uh, started with me just doing it for fun with my sister, then taking pictures of my friends. Actually, Anna was one of my first models. <laughs> I took a lot of pictures of her when we first that met. That is true. Um, and then taking pictures of friends of friends. Um, and then maybe those friends had some family member that wanted their pictures taken. So it then translated into... Uh, me charging maybe like $50 or $100 for photo shoot. And yeah, and then it just snowballed into what I do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say that I believe, well, but I know you personally, so I guess it's my biased opinion because I know you for many years, but I think you would have had an extraordinary career regardless if you stayed in mm -hmm. Ukraine or you came here. I understand that, yes, I think the opportunities are better or maybe they're a little bit easier to pursue in Canada. Mm -hmm. But I would also say that when you truly have talent and passion, and also I think what I know about you, you also have a persistence in, in you know, you feel it, you're going to mm -hmm. act on it. You have that self-assuring uh, knowledge that that's what you want to do and you pursue it. And I think that's very important. I hope this is what we can also touch on during this conversation, because I think it's important for people to understand it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you come from. If you truly feel this is what you want to do, if you truly feel this is your calling, you can actually do so many amazing things from it. And I think your example is one of those, because I know how you started. I know how it was just a fun thing for you, but you were able to follow your own passion and follow those little steps. And mm -hmm. you were able to build a massive following on YouTube, massive following on other social uh, media platforms. And uh, maybe you can tell a little bit more about how you started actually with YouTube, mm -hmm. because I think when you started it, not many people really uh, knew or could see that YouTube can be such a massive yeah. opportunity. For sure. Yeah. And to add on what you said, you know, I totally agree. You know, in my opinion, like coming to Canada was it definitely helped and it more so helped to change 
the way I was thinking about certain things. Like it changed mm -hmm. the, the way I view a lot of things. I think that if I did stay in Ukraine, I would still be doing something interesting, something um, mm -hmm. because like you said, I always follow my heart and I always follow my instincts. So I know I would be doing something. Uh, it's just, I never, I don't know what I would be doing. It is, I, I actually think about it a lot because I don't know if I would be even doing photography if I didn't come to Canada because coming to Canada really reignited that like passion for photography for me. And I don't know if that would have happened if I stayed back home, but who knows? I, I yeah. don't know. That That's the, the interesting part about it. But yeah, with YouTube, it started for me uh, with, watching YouTube. So is there's a thing uh, that I always discuss with a lot of my creator friends, specifically the ones that create on YouTube, or it can be even any other platform is that there's, there's creators who actually uh, consume that content themselves on a platform. And there's those who don't and only create on the platform. So I, I'm definitely one of people who consumes a lot of YouTube content uh, as I create it as well. And actually at the very beginning, I feel like it really helped me uh, to learn English when I just came to Canada. I was watching a lot of YouTube and learning English that way. And let's remind people, so that was about, what, 2010, 2011, right? So I think yes. the time timing yes. is also... Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and the, at that time, I knew that... I think you could already monetize your channel. So I knew that it is possible to make money, but I personally never thought that I would make any money making YouTube videos. And it was never my intention to actually turn it into my job or my career as it was. So I was looking at it just as something fun to do because as I like told you previously, I was really into making videos as well when I was growing up. So it was something that I was really interested in and I thought that it was fun doing it. And so, yeah, I always wanted to make a YouTube channel. I just didn't know what to make it about. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was learning photography, I'm a self-taught photographer. Everything that I know about photography, I learned by myself just on the internet. So I would go to YouTube to look up tutorials, um, to look up behind the scenes and learn more about photography. And at that time, I realized that it was heavily mm, dominated by, um, first of all, male photographers and also older photographers or photographers who were uh, really focusing on the technical side of photography rather than the creative side, which is what I was mostly interested in. So I found that content to not be very relatable to me as like a 20 year old starting photographer, um, that especially also being a female or being a woman. And so, yeah, I always found that content to not be as interesting mm -hmm. and not that relatable. So as soon as I felt like I have some knowledge that I can share with people, I thought, you know what, I should make the videos that I would like to see. Like, why not make videos that I would find relatable? And um, I'm sure there will be many other women, men, young photographers um, who would like that kind of content, something different from what I see on YouTube at that time. So that's what I did. I started making videos and yeah, within 
probably a year of me making YouTube videos. I had a few of them that went um, not super viral, but they would get like half a million views, you know, a couple hundred views, which was like crazy to me. <laughs> you know, I never expected something like that to happen. And then maybe with, within two years, I gained about a hundred thousand followers, uh, subscribers. And then maybe like within the third or fourth year, um, I actually started making more money like with my social media on YouTube than I was with my clients. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I decided to quit working with my clients and fully transition into creating content and having YouTube as my full-time job. And this is where we are this now. This is where you are. I know. So how many subscribers do you have right now currently on the YouTube uh, channel? Right now I have 845,000 subscribers. Yeah, but I think I think, and if to summarize all the views that you have, you probably have multi, multi, multi million count. I normally get around million views each month on my channel. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very impressive. And I want to go back to your statement when you said, "Like I can follow my instincts," mm -hmm. and I usually follow my instincts. I'd like to cover that because I think, and again, that's what I mean. You have that internal mm -hmm. sense of this is what I want to do. This I want to try. I'm not going to be scared of. And you also have that ability to change the direction. As you just said, mm -hmm. you were working with your clients as a photographer. You were mm -hmm. making money. You were building your own business, your own brand. Mm -hmm. But you saw the opportunity, the social media field, and you decided to deviate from that and become a, more mm -hmm. of a creator. So I guess my question is, how do you think that works inside you in terms of, is it just a feeling or... Is it, is, it your, is it your character? Can people learn something like that? How to be more brave about your mm -hmm. decisions, changing things around, going against the flow, being that one person who decided to go and create a totally new, uh, new type of videos on mm -hmm. YouTube. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just wanted to explore that because I think many yeah. people, especially people who watch my channel, I think they want to know how people mm. pursue their passion, how they build their businesses and what, is it drive them, what, what drives them um, Definitely, and I think you have that sense of I don't know instincts, as you said. So yeah. I'd like to explore that with you. Um, so and also, more. you know, before that, I also changed direction where I went to school. I went to UFC here in Calgary. That's where me and Anna met, and I was yeah. studying international relations at the at the university here in Calgary. And I finished three years there. I only had one more year left to get my bachelor's degree, but I decided to not, <laughs> to not pursue that anymore. And I pretty much quit school after the third year because at that point, I already knew that I wanted to pursue photography. Um, and I knew that I was just wasting my time um, and, and money. wasting money. <laughs> yes, wasting time and money um, with doing school. Because I was so, so sure of myself that I wanted to do photography. But can I jump in here for just a quick yeah. moment, especially being in a, in a family of immigrants? Oh, yes. That's yeah. a huge decision. <laughs> I think we need to put it in context as yeah. well. I think in a North American, for the North American mm. uh, students, maybe it's not as bad of a decision or right. it's not a stigmatized mm -hmm. move. Mm -hmm. While I know, you know, if you're coming from a different place, and you are an immigrant, that's the first thing that you usually hear from your parents okay. and from your peers, you need to have your education. So that's, I think we just need to put it in a context yeah. how hard it was to go For against sure. that pressure. 
I mean, my grandma still asks me if I'm going to finish school, you know, <laughs> like almost every time I talk to her, she's asking me if I'm still going to get my degree. Uh, yeah, it's extremely important in the, for, yeah, for a lot of immigrants, right? For a lot, like it's yeah. the same in the Asian community yes. um, or the Eastern European community. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And it was, it was a hard decision for me. It was uh, very scary delivering that message to my parents, <laughs> knowing how they're going to react. Um, but I think one thing is I've always been a very confident person. I, honestly, I don't even know where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> I Sometimes I ask them, I, say, I think... Um, I think maybe I get it from my dad because uh, he had he has had a lot of different businesses throughout his entire life. He's always been very business savvy and always trying new things. Um, and so growing up, I saw him go for these things and it working out for him. And mm -hmm. so I feel like maybe that gave me some like that confidence to also go for it. And also, I've always had kind of like a second plan B if my first plan doesn't work out. So when I decided to quit school, my plan B was that if it does not work out for myself, I gave myself a year, pretty much. I gave myself a year to achieve certain goals that I put for myself uh, with photography. And if I couldn't achieve those goals, I decided that I will go back to school, you know, because you can mm -hmm. always go back to school, yep. right? And thankfully, I achieved those goals and I was able to stay doing photography. And it was like a confirmation for myself as well that this is a right choice and this is something that I should be doing. So, yeah, I think it's always nice to have that second plan B, you know, in case something doesn't work out. But, um, yeah, it was definitely something within me inside that told me that this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Not only did I realize that I was good at it, but I also knew that it brings me just so much happiness doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, also, I, I understood that there's so many different ways of making money as a photographer. There's not a single path in there. I mean, you can be a, a wedding photographer, portrait photographer, uh, event photographer, newborn photographer, like taking pictures of pets. You can make money uh, taking pictures and putting them into prints. Um, you can be making money selling, like upselling people on albums and, um, you can create content, you know, um, or you can be creating content for other people, for other brands. I mean, it's like countless, you know, it can go into so many different ways. So I knew that there is bound to be like a way for me to, to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Can you learn it? That's a very interesting question. I feel like you can. I feel like you can definitely train yourself to be a more confident person, yeah. you know? And take um, risks. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way you would learn it is to, yeah, like you said, to take risk and actually do what scares you. Mm -hmm. If you, because once you do something that really scares you, you will realize how insignificant and actually was and it, that it wasn't actually that scary right yeah um so yeah you can definitely build that confidence by starting and it, it can start with something like very small like for example when i was starting out doing photography um i was so used to shooting with like friends and family um i knew that the next step for me would be to start shooting 
with um, clients, like people that I have mm -hmm. never met, pretty much strangers, which is kind of scary, right? Yeah. Uh, you have to have good people skills and not be awkward and be very confident in what you're doing. And when you're starting out, it is very, very scary. And I stalled doing that for a while. And then once I started shooting with those people, with strangers and clients, I realized how actually easy it is, you know, and that, that made me a much more confident person and made me definitely believe in my skill a lot more. So yeah, just doing things that scare you. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I believe that myself. So I think, I know people probably hear it all the time, but that's the only way, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is the only way. Take mm -hmm. risks, get out of the comfort zone, try something new. Yeah. And I like that plan B situation too. I think it's a very rational, very smart way of doing it. So even if you have some doubts, still go and try it, but have that way back. So mm -hmm. you feel more comfortable with what you are doing. There's always going to be doubts. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, you yeah. can't escape it. And there's going to be doubts, not just within you. There will be doubts within people around mm -hmm. you. My parents, and you know, they definitely weren't doing this in any malicious way. Again, this is just like most parents don't want their kids to do anything drastic or anything that's too mm, out of the norm, right? Because yeah. they want a, a safe, path for their children so my parents definitely were not i don't think they really believed in mm -hmm. what can be achieved in this sphere uh i don't think they thought that photographers can make a lot of money so at the very beginning they told me that it's probably not gonna work especially my dad although again you know <laughs> he was <laughs> he yes he was like very much an entrepreneur when he yeah. was young you know, but I guess he's also with age, you become like very, um, what's the word real, like realistic, right? Yeah. It's like, he's looking at it with like a realistic view. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely had a lot of doubts from a lot of people. Right. But I just had to know, like, I, I just know that if I never took that chance that I would be wondering about in my whole life, like if I was, if I continued, school and doing something with international relations, whatever that would be, um, my career in that, I think I would be wondering my whole life, you know, what if, what if I tried, you know? So I just yeah. knew I had to, I had to at least try. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. And obviously, again, we're looking at you right now. So your instincts were right <laughs> and your <laughs> confidence definitely helped. And I think once you make that first step, then other steps will show up. Mm -hmm. and, it, and that's the beautiful part about, I think, when you follow your passion, you, once you open the door, it seems like other doors are starting opening up. Mm -hmm. And I also remember when I was maybe, maybe you, you can relate to the two. So when you're in your early 20s, you feel like if something is wrong, you will never get you know to the next level or you have so many doubts. But when you look back now, let's say, mm -hmm. you look back at the 10 years before, you can definitely see once you're making the step in the right direction, the next door is opening up. The mm -hmm. next one is opening up and it's just your job is to completely fully open and give in and do mm -hmm. your best. Right. Would for you sure. agree? It seems like it yeah. just stalls, starts rolling. Yeah, no, for sure. So I hope people who are listening to us, if that's their, that's something they are considering. I think they can, it can definitely, we can both say like looking back, you can always feel that, that new doors will open. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
let's talk more about one thing you mentioned uh, before. Is like when you started doing your YouTube channel and watching YouTube channel. I'm oh, sorry, what, watching YouTube and thinking about your own YouTube channel. You said and you you were one of the few female creators at mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. in the space. Mm -hmm. And how does it, did it change since then? So the last 10 years, can uh -huh. you tell me more? Mm. I mean, you know, photography <laughs> is a male dominated <laughs> field, mm -hmm. you know, from the start of like, from the conception of photography, um, there were not, I mean, women were not really allowed into the photography space as much. They or they couldn't afford it, or they weren't taking seriously. So, it's still to this day very much male dominated. And so, uh, when I started YouTube, I was definitely one of few. I was definitely one of few uh, women creating that kind of content that I was creating, and especially having the kind of audience that I do. I'm trying to think if there's other women on YouTube who are photographers that have uh, the same amount of followers that I do. There's few channels. There's one channel, Tony and Chelsea, where they're, they're a couple. But I'm trying mm -hmm. to think I'm maybe my channel might be the biggest in photography when it comes to like women. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's still very, very heavily dominated by male photographers. Although, like I remember at the very beginning, it almost seemed like a disadvantage to me it turned out to be a big advantage, advantage in the end. I almost filled a niche that was needed in the YouTube space. Mm -hmm. uh, not only just being a woman, but creating the kind of content that I do that focuses more on the creative side of photography rather than the technical side and just showing the whole process of, the, of doing photo shoots. Um, also, a lot of the, a lot of educators, you know, the thing is that you can be a really good educator without being a good photographer, you know, and you can be a really good photographer and not a good educator. Uh, so there's a lot of really great educators on YouTube, but I wouldn't say that their photography is like groundbreaking in any way. You know, they have great photography, but it's not, it's not that much different or it's not that, that much interesting. And, you know, I, I don't want to like toot my own horn <laughs> or come off a little bit too confident here, but I think the difference for me was that I'm a good educator and also my photography stood out against other educators on YouTube. Uh, I have a very particular style um, and a very particular way that I photograph. So it just, I think is a little bit more unique than maybe some of the other content out there. Yeah. And I have this particular niche, which is so, so important for like any kind of business, I feel yeah. like finding your true voice, your true niche and yeah. something that just makes you stand out against other people in the same industry. Yeah. So, so if let's say there's someone who wants to start their channel and mm. which could be related to photography, mm -hmm. do you think it's too late now to start something? Do you mm. think all the niches or majority no. of niches are being filled no. or you think like it's an endless <laughs> amount of opportunities? I don't think it's ever late to start anything. Um, you know, maybe the thing is that, sure, now it's more saturated. There's more creators, but 
also when I was starting out, there were a lot less opportunities for things. And now there's a lot more. So there's always going to be things, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. I shouldn't start now because there's too many people doing it. I shouldn't start now because I don't have the correct camera. I shouldn't start now because I don't have whatever, whatever it is, you know, there's always going to be yeah. something. So I would say that there's no good time to start something there you know so you should just start it now <laughs> so if you're thinking about it just do it you know yeah. it, it doesn't matter if you if you have something valuable for the world to see and you're confident that it's that someone will find it valuable then you should just share it right and that's it i wish i started earlier i had all i remember at the very beginning mm, I had this weird thing. I started first with Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I started my Instagram. I was posting my photography there. And I told myself that I will start making YouTube videos when I reach 10,000 followers on Instagram. Because in my head, I thought that that will give me a better start to my channel. And I thought that I also will be able to bring those followers from Instagram to YouTube. But in reality, it doesn't really work that way. And again, it's it, it didn't help in any way. Having those 10,000 followers on Instagram, it would have been better just to start YouTube earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, at the very beginning, it's not going to be great. And you're probably not going to have that many people watching. But, yeah, you just have to start. And be persistent. That's another thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's another thing and I know about you. So it's not just, hey, I've tried five videos. So I'm going to give up. No, I'm going to keep mm -hmm. doing it. I keep, keep doing oh, it, changing yeah. things around, trying things. I think it's another uh, big portion of the success that you can achieve mm -hmm. with social media or any business, really. Like mm -hmm. it, it is a, mm -hmm. all the principles are applicable to so many different yeah. areas. It's just consistency that matters. Yes. Um a lot of people want to start social media right now because it looks easy and it seems mm. very lucrative, right? <laughs> and so I get these questions all the time of people asking, you know, how do I start a YouTube channel? Should I start it? Uh, photographers specifically asking me, or should I start like posting on Instagram? Should I start posting on TikTok? I always ask them, like, why do you want to do it? You know, do you want to do it? specifically to do it, you know, because everyone else is doing it? Or do you want to do it because, again, you have something important or interesting to share and you actually want to share it with people? Mm, so intention also matters a lot, in my opinion. Um, right now, there's so many creators who are doing what they're doing, not really for the right reasons, you know, mm -hmm. and it's very obvious. So you should ask yourself, like, what is the intention behind it? Why you want to create this content? And if the sole intention is to, like, make money off of YouTube or any social media, then it's probably not going to work. Because, because, like you said, at the very beginning, and it for me, it lasted years. I wasn't making anything from social media. Like, absolutely, like, nothing. I mean, to compare maybe... Maybe I would make like a hundred or two hundred dollars a month, you know, from YouTube revenue. Like that's nothing, right? That's pretty much I would waste more money on creating content rather than making money off of it. But the thing is that I was doing it because it was fun for me and I saw value in it and I saw that other people really enjoy it. I, I mm -hmm. saw that it was 
that other people actually found it useful and it was helping them, you know? And so I stuck with it. And then slowly it turned into something that I was making money off of. Yeah. Well, you touched on it already in terms of it was a long time to develop, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into more stories about challenges that you face Mm -hmm. because everything's, you know, always people with successful stories, they sound so bright and everything is just amazing Mm. and everything is easy it sounds so easy however I think it's important to talk about challenges and how to overcome them so can you tell me what types of challenges do you Mm. remember that you had to overcome Mm -hmm. through your journey because I think you had a few (laughs) (laughs) like everyone else but it would be nice to know definitely I think one of the biggest challenges for what I do well first of all I'm a one person show, like I do everything in my business. So I, I promote my content on social media. So I'm a social media manager. I'm a PR representative. Like I am the creative director and I post things on YouTube and I'm a video editor and I'm a photo editor and everything. Right. So I, I do everything myself. I'm my own accountant, you know? <laughs> so that's a challenge, right? Because when you work for yourself, you have to find like the willingness to actually like, show up to work every day, right? Yep. Um, so that was one of the challenges for me and still is just trying to be consistent with what I do and um, yeah, just like showing up and not giving up on what I'm doing to constantly coming up with new things as well and reinventing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Another one, but the biggest one for me um, is like creative blocks. So because my job is so intertwined with the art part of it, um, if I'm not feeling inspired, I'm not going to have any content to post. So, and if I'm not having any content to post that I'm not going to be making money right so it's um yeah it's a hard thing to do where you know and you can't make yourself be inspired i mean you can help with things but it's very hard it's a very hard thing to overcome so what really helped me is whenever i get into a creative block first of all i remember that it's like inevitable it's just it, it is going to happen because you cannot you know we're not machines we are not wired to just like go, 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 go the same all the time. You're just going to crash at some point. Mm -hmm. So just understanding that it's going to happen and it's inevitable and then it's normal and that everyone goes through this really helped me. And then once it does happen, I remind myself that it's okay to pause and take the time for yourself and that it is better to maybe earn a little bit less that month and recover mentally, and then go again. So that's what I do normally. If I feel a little bit of the creative block, I just take a little bit of the time off. I do things that I like that have nothing to do with work. (laughs) I take a bubble bath. (laughs) I watch some movies. I read a book. I go on a walk. And I'm okay, again, with like making less money that month. I think, again, it's a lot more important for my mental health. Um, So, yeah, that was one thing that I realized that sometimes it's better to just sacrifice on some things 
especially just, when it comes to like the monetary gain, you know, some things are more important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's why people are getting into burnouts. So, mm. so often that's mm -hmm. exactly the reason I think not being able to realize that they need to step back. Mm -hmm. And I think one plus, well, it can be seen as a plus, even though sometimes, you, as you said, it can be challenged when you're working for yourself on one hand side, you're responsible for everything. But on mm -hmm. the other hand side, you also have that ability to step yeah. back a little bit, which I think is a luxury. Well, for so many, so many people, that's Don't not something that. they can do, right? Mm -hmm. Because their job, if they're working a corporate job or... It depends, of course, like in the healthcare field, like you have to work. You can't just say, hey, I don't feel like it today. Like, I think you're so right. I didn't even think about it. You know, I'm so used to working for myself because I've been doing this for years mm -hmm. that I honestly didn't even think about it. Yeah, many people don't have that privilege to take a walk and take a bath. You know, you're 100% right. Yeah, but I think the world is changing towards that direction. Mm. Um, I hope it it is because I think even from my experience, I think it's very important to realize where is that almost at breaking mm -hmm. point for yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe for you, it's on the creative side of things. For me, maybe it's just for energy level. Like there mm -hmm. is a point where mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I don't have energy to pursue. And if I don't have energy to pursue with my work, it's almost counterproductive to yeah. push myself through it. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather take a little step back and feel fine about it and yep. move, move on with new energy and yep. with better results. And the thing is that I've noticed, you know, nowadays we have such a like grind culture, you know, where um, it's glorified to be constantly working, you know, and to have these days where you wake up like super early, you start work and it's almost like frowned upon to mm -hmm. take the time for yourself and, you know, to not be productive like every second of the day. And yeah. I think like, again, maybe it works for some people. It does not work for me. <laughs> I cannot, I, I really can't, like my brain would not be able to take it. Like I need a break from time to time for sure. Yeah. I don't think people like that exist. I think some people may say it or maybe mm -hmm. I don't know any, but I think everyone mm -hmm. needs a break. There is no way that someone can go for, I don't know, 14 hours with no breaks mm -hmm. and feel fine for, for a long right. time. I I agree. I don't. I I think you're a hundred percent right that those people really don't exist because again, I don't. We're not machines. We're not robots. You, you yeah. can't do it. But I think that this kind of culture um, makes uh, like where I'll just say from my own experience, it makes me feel lazy. It makes me feel like I am not doing more. You know, like I should be doing more. I should be grinding more. I should be mm -hmm. achieving more things. But yeah. sometimes, like you said, to like for me personally, it would be counterproductive yeah. because like that just doesn't work for me. Like yeah. that kind of mindset, mm -hmm. that kind of culture. Yeah. And, and when, where do you get your inspiration? What inspires you? Because mm -hmm. I think for any type of work and especially for creative process, you need to find a way or places or people to get that inspiration from. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know what is your inspiration? What do you draw oh your, your ideas? There's, there's so many things that inspire me. Um, I think, so one of the things I, for my photo shoots, like I said, I pretty much do everything. I scout the locations. I style my photo shoots. A lot of the times I do hair and makeup and I will do the editing and um, that whole process. And the reason why I do all of this is not because like, 
it's because I love it. <laughs> it's because I actually enjoy every single part of the process. That's why I do it myself. And so uh, because I enjoy the whole process, it can be any part of the process that inspires me. So for example, if I find a really cool costume that I want to use for a photo shoot, it will inspire me. If I am, if I found a location that's very beautiful, it will inspire me for a photo shoot. If I saw a model that I really like and I want to work with, they might inspire me for the photo shoot. Yeah, any any little thing like that that is a part of the pro a prop, a prop that I can use in the photo shoot, you know, it can inspire me. Like right now, I'm waiting for the lilacs to bloom because I absolutely love that. And whenever I see a bunch of lilac lilacs outside blooming, I just I just want to grab my camera and go and take pictures. Uh, movies inspire me a lot. I love watching um, beautiful movies, a lot of period pieces. Uh, because I love vintage fashion. Um, what else? Uh, other photographers, other artists, doesn't even have to be specifically photography. I love impressionist paintings. I love looking at the way other artists combine colors and the way they use them. So that can inspire me. But honestly, it's like, I feel like everywhere I look, I get inspired by things. Yeah. So it can be so many things. Yeah, but I think that's a true artist speaking right because many <laughs> things can can inspire an artist for great it's, things and it's always funny to me whenever i am uh, traveling with a friend photographer or you know just let's say that i'm like going on uh, on a coffee date with a friend photographer and we will always notice similar things, you know, that yeah. maybe other people don't. Like we will stare at some spot that looks really cool. Um, or again, like the colors are eye-catching and we'll both be like, you know what? This would be a good spot for a photo shoot. <laughs> so it's always at the back of my head. I'm always thinking about it. Yeah. I actually have a question here while we're talking about inspiration. And it's, it's a very trending question is mm -hmm. the emergence of AI and how mm. AI is taking mm. slowly but surely, and maybe not that slowly anymore, uh -huh. uh, that creative mm -hmm. space, let's oh call goodness. it that way. Yeah. And yeah. I'm curious to know what's your opinion around, around that subject, because you know it's trending everywhere. Everyone is talking about it. Yeah. Uh, every day we have something new. Sure. So you know, someone created probably, something. Yeah. We can have like a whole hours and hours discussing it, I feel like, you know, but shortly, you know what, my opinion changes on it all the time, probably as mm -hmm. fast as it's changing that. And that's how my opinion is changing on it. But I recently saw a very interesting comment online and it really made me think about it in a different way. Okay. So mm -hmm. like to quickly reiterate where I saw the comment. So recently, um, there, there is this, uh, photography association and they do a photography contest every year. Um, and the photographer that won, uh, like a portrait photographer of the year award was definitely using AI generated images. Like it was very, very obvious. <laughs> and so a lot of the photographers in the, in the community were not happy about it. Um, because a lot of people don't consider that to be photography, right? I mean, I, I also, I don't consider that to be photography. I would consider it to be digital art. Art, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Right. And so there was a lot of discussion going on in there. But this one comment that I saw 
So they said that at the beginning, when photography just was created and was starting out, at that time, it was not considered art either. At that time, um, people would say that photography is lazy because you're clicking a button instead of spending hours painting something, right? Mm -hmm. Because before that, you would go to an artist, you would sit for hours and hours posing while they meticulously like paint you. And it would be extremely expensive, right? Like not everyone would afford to get a beautiful portrait from an artist, right? And an artist would have spent years and years training to become uh, so skilled at that, right? And now here comes photography where you can learn it relatively quickly. Like you can learn how to mix the chemicals and pour them and you do just pretty much press a button and it will take a picture, right? Mm -hmm. So people at that time were arguing that that's not art, and that's easy and anyone can click a button. So, you know, how is that? That's nothing comparing to like the artists who paint, right? And I was thinking like, is this what's happening with AI art right now where it's so easy to create and it does take just like a click to do, right? And we are not considering it as art because it's so accessible to everyone <laughs> and cheap. Um, so I do wonder if we're going to change our mind a few years, how we change with photography, because photography is considered art now. You like, you can't yeah. say that it's not artistic, right? So I, yeah, I don't know what to think about it. I think it's going to be a part of our world very quickly and it, people might change the way they think about it in a few years and it might be considered yeah. an, like a, a different art form. I don't think yeah. it will ever replace photography specifically. I've seen the um, the programs where you can upload your images and they will use your face and then AI will create like, you know, like the corporate, corporate shots. I've seen those corporate headshots or other ones. To me, they, you know, they don't look great right now. They probably will look way better in the future. But... I still don't think that that will ever replace an like actual photography because photography for me and for a lot of the clients that I work with and models, it's not even just about the finished result. It's a lot about the process as well. And so, what is it about the process? You mean like the getting ready? Yes. Posing? Yes. So that's what you mean by the process? Yes. Yes, exactly. So I, and also for me as an artist, I really enjoy the process of it. You know, so I, I will, I don't think I will be making, maybe I will be using elements of AI generated images in my like post-production stuff like that, or like to come up with ideas. There's going to be a way that I'm going to be using it in the future for sure. But I don't think that it will completely replace photography. So mm -hmm. yeah, again, I don't know what is going to happen in the future and how it's going to go. It's definitely going to be a part of our lives for sure. So yeah. I'm not... I don't like fear it and I don't think it's going to be specifically bad. There's definitely going to be some bad things about it, but there's going to be a lot of really good things about it. So mm -hmm. I'm just excited about new technology. So. <laughs> you know, I just, I just thought mm -hmm. for both of us, we actually live in times when we, when we were kids, <laughs> we're using just that small portable uh photo cameras with with film 
that was the way for us to take photos. <laughs> and we went from there all the way to digital photography, mm -hmm. all the way to Photoshop images, mm -hmm. all the way to social media and phone when you can use just take a photo on your phone, then you can have actually now apply filters to your face, mm -hmm. all the way to AI actually creating images or mm. augment images. Yeah. And I just can't wait what we'll see, you mm -hmm. know, in the next 20 years. So I'm just, I think it's, it's just fantastic. I don't know what's going to happen in the next two years. You I know. know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all it's happening crazy. really fast. Yeah, but, but I just photog photography itself, because I think it, it every person is touched by photography one way or another. It's just the mm. way how we are, right? Like from, from again, early age, when you take those photos with your friends and then you mm -hmm. go to the shop to get your, to, to exchange your film for mm -hmm. printed images, etc. So I think all of us experience that change, but it's just amazing and fantastic how we mm -hmm. are moving forward and what's going to happen next. Yeah. For but sure. I think the personal part that you were mentioned is very interesting because I think, yeah, potentially the process of taking a photo and being true that who you are, is probably will stick around. You know, maybe in the future, this will be reserved just for rich people. Like, I don't know, maybe in the future, you know, the kind of <laughs> photography that we do now is, again, AI will be really cheap mm -hmm. and people won't be able to afford doing like a real photo shoot. I don't yeah. know. Maybe like something like this. I, I don't know. Um, but again, we'll see how things go. I know that for myself, uh, adapting is just something you have to do. Because like mm -hmm. you said, you know, this is just one thing that changed. But things are changing constantly, like constantly. And so for me in particular, um, you know, TikTok became a thing. A short, uh, short content became a thing. Yeah. I wasn't making that before, yeah. and uh, I had to adapt. And yeah. if I didn't, I would be out. So there's always something that you have to adapt to, and you have to really understand that the, the world is always changing. You cannot mm -hmm. be like a grumpy old man and just be like, "Ah, oh, in the old times we did things <laughs> this way and it was better." Like you can't do that. Because there's, it's always going to change in some way, and mm -hmm. to stay relevant, to stay in the loop, you have to constantly reinvent yourself, learn something new, and mm -hmm. adapt to the new things. Golden words, couldn't, can't agree more. <laughs> I also uh, just remembered right before we started our recording, uh, we were talking about your workshops and mm -hmm. how you are presenting and teaching people. Uh, can you share that story? Yeah, because I think it's an interesting story and something to learn from. For it sure. Too. So for me, you know, I've been creating content and my content is educational. So it's pretty much, it's kind of like presenting something, but online and pre-recorded, right? And I have full control over how I'm going to say it, how I'm going to edit it. And I got really comfortable at doing that. And I've always been not so confident doing in-person talks uh, or talking in front of a big audience specifically. You know, it, it's scary just in general. It's scary to present in a, with a live audience. Uh, again, you don't have as much control. You might say something wrong and then you might stall. So it's a scary thing to do. But like we talked about it earlier, you got to do things that scare you to progress and to, to become a better person just in general right so 
I knew that I wanted to start doing more presentations, uh, presenting at uh, different photography events, at different photography conventions. It was something that I wanted to do for a while, but um, I wasn't invited to any of these. And I don't know why I was not invited to do these things. I think because I didn't really have any experience doing them. So all of the other people that were invited were the ones that do it constantly, do it every year. There's actually some photographers in the industry that are famous for specifically doing these kind of events. You know, they might not even have a huge social media following, but they really good at presenting. Right. So, yeah, for the longest time, I was just kind of waiting. I was like, well, maybe if I have more followers, they will invite me, you know, and each year I was not invited. So one. So finally, last year, I decided that. I guess I'm just going to have to ask myself, you know, um, what's that saying? Like if the mountain, you go to the mountain, mountain goes to you. <laughs> yeah. If, if the mountain doesn't come to you, you go to the mountain. That's right. So I decided I just need to go to the mountain. I talked to some of my friends at Canon, uh, since I'm a Canon ambassador and I asked them if, if, you know, if there's any events that are upcoming where they need a speaker. And I told them, you know, I don't have any experience speaking at the events live like this, but I have uh, an audience and I have a lot of knowledge that I want to share. And I'm really excited, really want to do this. And they told me, oh, yeah, for sure. We have lots. And they were like, we didn't know that you wanted to do stuff. They probably like jumped that. on it. Yeah, they probably right, like, because I. <laughs> so it was like this circle, right? Never ending circle of like. Well, I don't do it, but because I don't do it, people think that I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, I, I wanted to do it for years. I just never been invited to these things. So I did an event for them, a speaking event, and went really, really great. There were lots of people that came. Uh, they loved my presentation. I loved presenting. It was so much fun. And since then, I've been inviting to, invited to do many more events. Like I'm just I'm going to be doing event in Canmore. And then after that, I'm doing event here in Calgary for Vistec. So yeah, sometimes, you know, I've realized that you just have to ask for things. You literally just have to ask and not wait for them to happen to you. No matter how, you know, I, I really thought that is just a given, like it, it will come, like someone will invite me, mm -hmm. but they weren't right. So yeah. sometimes you just have to ask for it. You have to literally go in and be like, Hey, I want this. Yeah, no, I can I'll... do this. Do you want to give it to me? <laughs> Love it. No, it's again, amazing story, amazing example of, you know what, if you feel it, just go for it, try it. Mm -hmm. And you can be surprised. The people yeah, say, you yeah, will sure. be, you honestly will be surprised even, uh, you know, this is at like a higher level where I already have connections with people like from Canon, right? And not everyone has that. But let's say uh, at the start of my career, there were a few models that I really wanted to work with. And I remember one of them had a million followers on Instagram. And I mean, I mean, nowadays, a lot of people have a million followers on Instagram, but this was like years ago. And that was a big deal. And so, and I didn't have that many followers in my head. I thought there's no way she's going to want to work with me. Like she's not going to even see the message that I'm going to send her. What's even the point of me asking. But then I was just like, okay, but whatever, like she's not going to see it anyways. I'm just going to send it. So I sent her a DM and what do you think? She saw it, she replied and we did a photo shoot together and it was amazing. Right? So 
if I never asked for it, it would never happen. And what's the worst that can happen? They're going to say no. Okay. Like then you move on to the next thing, but at least you know that you took the chance and you, you know, you asked. Yeah. Very valuable lesson. And I think it's just the true of life. You have to, mm -hmm. otherwise you're not going to, I mean, you may progress, but I think you will progress much quicker if you start asking and mm -hmm. pursuing your own wishes and desires. Yeah. And being able to hear no sometimes, being able to react mm. okay if some somebody ignores you. I think this is another part where I find that some people feel maybe uh, hardship with like, oh, someone didn't reply. Because I, I, yes. I've had before a similar situation in the sense of like someone doesn't reply, but it doesn't mean anything. Yes. You just keep going, keep that, asking. That's what keeps you from asking these questions right or asking for these things is because it's the fear of rejection yeah. um but again you will get rejected like it's just gonna happen you know here's another uh, example so for years uh, i've been a canon shooter since the very very beginning of my career i've always shot with canon cameras and i've reached out to canon myself multiple times i've emailed them many times before uh when i already had a bigger audience as well and i never got a response from them never until one day they messaged me and asked me to be an ambassador you know mm -hmm. so like things will happen things like that will happen and i already had a really big following i remember emailing to Canon when I was maybe at like 300,000 followers, that was a lot mm -hmm. of followers and they've had ambassadors with, with way less than that, you know? Yeah. And so I felt like, well, they should, you know, take me in. <laughs> and I was definitely a little bit upset that they never responded to me. Um, but that didn't stop me from asking them. Right. And they that yeah. definitely didn't stop me from doing photography or pursuing yeah. other things. Right or pursuing things with other brands. So yeah, you will definitely get rejected probably a bunch of times, but you will also, uh, people will also say yes to things, right? Yeah, I agree. Hmm. I'm trying to think what else we want to cover because we are running out of time and I have so many, I mean, obviously <laughs> two of us can talk for hours, I'm sure, but I'm just trying to think what else can we share in a short time frame in terms of your experiences. I think maybe to summarize your experience mm. since you moved to Canada to the point where you are, uh -huh. what type of work was done. I just want to emphasize how much effort mm. that took, despite mm. the fact that you do have that sense of confidence, you do have passion, but it takes a lot of work and you have to encourage yourself how did you stay positive? How did you stay encouraging for your own self? So what, what was your journey in that? Yeah. I always tell people that one of the most important things is to do what you love. You know, there's always going to be trends. There's always going to be, or s someone is doing this and they're, and it's working for them really well, or someone's doing that and it works for them really well. Um, so there's always going to be things like that, but you should always stay true to yourself and do things that make you happy. Because mm -hmm. when you do that, other people will notice that, you know, if you love what you're doing, someone else will love it as well. And it will inspire those people as well. And they will feel, and they will relate to that as well. So, um, 
I've had so much different advice going into photography. People told me uh, the kind of work that I do, which is like very fantasy, almost like portraits. They told me there's no market for that. Who's gonna Who's gonna pay you for that kind of stuff? You should stick with maybe like weddings, you know, uh, which was terrible advice, by the way. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I listened to it at the beginning and then I realized that I'm not staying true to myself. I don't like doing weddings, you know, and it was very obvious, I think, that I, I didn't like, I didn't enjoy doing that. And as soon as I started doing what I enjoy, I actually started making more money. So yeah, finding that passion and finding something that you really, really love will just be amazing. Once you find that, you have to stick with it and just continue mm -hmm. doing what you what you love. And yeah, you're going to have lots of people telling you all sorts of advice, but the most important thing is just listening to yourself, listening to your own intuition. Um, and again, I'm repeating myself already, but yeah, just doing what yeah. you love. It's, it's honestly, it sounds so easy, right? And so like simple, but that's how I've done it this whole time. <laughs> but not everyone knows and sometimes people may be lying to them, themselves too, right? So I think it sounds easy. Everyone says, says so, but in reality, when I meet people and different types of people, it seems like some people are still scared to find that love and passion or they're scared to lose the stability mm. of their life. But again, yeah. going back to plan B, having plan B, because mm -hmm. even for you, you still were working and making money on other yep. things while pursuing what you were planning to pursue. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a smart way of doing things, mm -hmm. but it's possible. And I think that's my key message to the audience is just everything is possible. You can achieve literally anything. It's just more of a, how are you going to pursue it? Do you have that confidence in you? Can you feel what you feel and being mm -hmm. true to yourself, like you said? And mm -hmm. just, you know, not being scared to step out of their comfort zone, mm -hmm. which you did so many times based on everything True. you shared today. <laughs> and, so I think know, it just shows. Surrounding mm -hmm. yourself with people who um, inspire you and who support you is really important as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think, again, Anna was like a great supporter of mine at the very beginning. She's always have. Uh, my husband has always been very, very supportive of what I do. And so having those people, like a lot of my friends um, that inspire me and support me was um, a really great thing as well. And if your friends are dragging you down and telling you that you can't do that, you shouldn't be doing this, you, you know, then it's probably not a great idea to surround yourself with people like that. I'm, I'm always inspired by... Uh, by other artists or it doesn't have to be artists. It can be just uh, people in business or successful people in any kind of sphere, right? Um, having friends like that is very inspiring and it makes me want to succeed as well. You mm -hmm. know, so like, yeah, surrounding yourself with these kind of people is, is yeah. always amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I think... That's perfect. And for this interview, thank you so much for joining me today. It was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And if you guys are interested to see more of me, you can check out my YouTube oh. channel <laughs> or check out yes. my social media if you want to learn about photography. Yes. Thank you, Anna, so much for having me on your podcast. I'll leave the links below the video. <laughs> I'll, link, I'll leave all the information about your channel um, everywhere that I will post the podcast. And we should probably even 
post one of the videos that we did like many, many, many years ago. Yes. <laughs> That'd be fun to, <laughs> to, to see. Show where it all started, yeah. It all started, yeah, in the progress. Anyway, well, thank you so much.